Welcome to Further Up and Further In. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey, Amy. We're going to have fun with this episode today. We are. You're going to play the... Devil's Advocate. Because, mm. I mean, we're we're so on the page, the same page in a lot of a things, lot of things. That we can kind of get barreling down this one lane because it makes sense to us and we're all gung-ho. But we thought for this topic that if one of us played the Devil's Advocate to bring up the concerns the questions the, which we get a lot yeah yeah that we have an opportunity to in real time respond to them yes and they're good legitimate thoughts and questions and if anybody thinks we do agree all the time they should really listen to our favorite things episode it's true because i laughed a lot over that one <laughs> we are not the same person at all nope. but moving on to today's topic amy mm-hmm. what's your hot question that is got you with a bee in your bonnet with a burr in yeah. your saddle people ask us all the time so this whole self-care inner healing self-awareness emotionally healthiness stuff how does that even relate to the whole idea of Jesus saying, deny yourself, you're a new creation in Christ, the old has gone, the new has come? It seems counter and against what Jesus is calling us into. It's like a focus on ourselves when Jesus tells us to focus on him. Such a good question. And since for sure I'm old enough to have grown up in an area where this was really highly taboo, I love this question. Bring it on. So, you said all the questions in one sentence. Where are we going to sure start? Do. Let's start in, hey, we're a new creation in Christ. It says that in Galatians, I think. Well, or 2 Corinthians 5.17. In one of the epistles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, right, the old has gone, the new has come, we're a new creation. Why are we even looking back at former things right this but means anyone who belongs to christ has become a new person the old life is gone the new life has begun okay. was the second corinthians second corinthians five seventeen, and there it is in black and white by the hand of the apostle paul himself so what are we doing so i guess paul never had to cook supper on an empty stomach with three preschoolers around his feet because then you would know something's going funky with my new creation <laughs> yeah, right now this doesn't quite <laughs> seem to be as new as i would hope <laughs> So anytime you see one thing in scripture, you don't worry about being a biblical scholar, but have conversations with people who know stuff. In another letter that Paul wrote, he said, I do the things I don't want to do. Mm. So clearly, even though he knew he was a new creation, he sometimes did stuff that was not new creation. Mm, good point. So clearly, while we are positionally sanctified, that means because of the work of Christ, it, we are unpunishable and he relates to us as though we have no sin. We're still working on the sin problem in our lives. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So, like I said, old enough to have grown up in before all this stuff was quite so vogue. And if you just tried harder not to sin, sometimes you just turned into a really cranky religious person who either was a performer pretending you didn't sin or... You just said, screw it all, because I had a few friends that did that. I'm just going to live my hedonistic lifestyle and forget it. Mm. So here I am at this, like, I love Jesus, and stuff is going down, and I'm cratering. I, I think I usually refer mostly to the time when I had these three preschoolers, marriage wasn't all I thought it would be. 
Um, now I have like hormonal disasters and disappointment and I had physical illness. What the hell? Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that's just my unedited. It's true. I mean, right. As soon as we talk about new creation, uh, I mean, it kind of implies body, soul, and spirit. And it's very clear that our bodies are not a new creation yet. Nope. Nope. So we've got that factor, but then the soul spirit thing, I was like, there's gotta be more than this. And that's when my personal journey of like, restoration got really intense because I knew if I didn't do something, I was just going to walk out on my family Mm -hmm. or something else, medicate myself until we all died. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing when you start to discover what wounds that you're living from, deal with them with all the tools we've got on our podcast here, especially our early episodes covered Mm -hmm. a lot of our tools, and then get healing. You're not doing behavior modification anymore. Because you're not living in reaction to buried pain. Denial is, it sucks. You're going to explode at some point or just have to medicate yourself into oblivion. Mm -hmm. Why can't we just like focus on Jesus and let him just do that somehow? Why do we have to actually like look inward at ourselves? Well, I like to think of it not as looking inward at myself. I always say if you start to examine your navel, you're just going to get a really stiff neck and maybe Mm -hmm. some indigestion. So it's not even... The way I teach it, I wouldn't say look inward. I would say position yourself for an encounter with Jesus Mm. and ask him the questions. Mm. Jesus says, am I reacting to an old pain? The stuff he brings up isn't even the stuff that would be the top of my list. Mm. Yeah, so it's a... It's a looking. It's a looking to Jesus and opening yes. your life out, yes. l- life up for Him to give Him permission. Give Him permission to make things new. Yeah, because you know, well, you know, because you do know. You, we sit together in many of these sessions. You kind of have people in two ditches: the people that really do nothing except yeah. dwell on and self-examine and mm-hmm. get really deeply into, and it's gross. Mm-hmm. That, that that makes me sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just you know. This whole inward navel-gazing, endless self-examination, that's unhealthy. On the other end of the spectrum, I've known people that were just like, Jesus, 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 all the time, in some sort of weird religious denial. Mm. And their lives actually didn't show transformation that created healthy atmospheres around them. They were just weirdly in denial. Yeah. So somewhere in between those two. is something where it's like, while the transformation of ourselves is happening... It's not because we're solely focused on ourselves. It's like we're focused on Jesus and Jesus is working with us. Yeah. And our surrender and and permission. Yes. And so I would always say we have a responsibility for self-control, which is can be behavior modification, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes I just need to shut up (laughs) or I'm going to say stuff I shouldn't say. But it isn't always like... We've all known people to deal with secret sins that were just like destroying them Mm. and they couldn't behavior modify themselves out of it for a day and a half. Yeah. And then you get to the ancient wound, you know, is it, I don't know where we're going with this because we didn't write it all out, but I just think about this time I met with this guy who's like had dealt with porn addiction, like 15 ways from Sunday. It was brutal. Mm -hmm. It was brutal. And, and, and he had gone to this marriage conference together and it seemed like their marriage was doing so good three years later. He's he's back at it again, and he's feeling like crap, Amy. He's mm-hmm. just so brokenhearted. And his wife is just so done, right? Just so at the hat at point. And I'm just sitting there going, I'm not a professional addictions counselor, but he had gone that route. And I'm not a professional marriage counselor. And they've done through that. And I said, listen, here's what I have. Let's just ask Jesus 
first of all, what are you seeking when you're going to the porn? And I said, beyond obviously the sexual gratification, because that's not rocket science. And he's like, I just want comfort. Mm. I was like, well, that's fair. And you have a genuine need for comfort, but it's getting met the wrong way. So I think, let's just ask Jesus, because he's smarter than I am. Is there a time in your past where you were just longing for comfort and you didn't get it and you turned to this and he knew immediately? Mm. There's time when he was quite young, like grade six, and these kids were picking on him. And he went home to tell his, and he told his mom what had happened. And instead of comforting him, she went out like, I'm going to go get these kids and tear mm. a strip off of them and straighten them out. So she was fighting for him, which is really interesting because there was yeah. something noble and good in that. But Jesus was there at the time and he knew. Jesus knew that what his little boy heart was wanting was his mom to hold him and hug him and comfort him. So we walked through forgiving his mom that day. And then we asked Jesus to show his presence to him. And he experienced a healing encounter with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And you know, Amy, he still had to make choices after that. But as far as I know, and I bump into them randomly, there aren't people that I have a close relationship with. But my life is weird. I get to mm-hmm. meet with people over these things. And when I say, how are you doing? They both kind of look at each other and grin and look at me and they're like, it's we're doing good Mm -hmm. so there's a perfect example of like try 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 jesus 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 go to church to go to church read your bible read your bible he needed an encounter with the savior Mm. to heal to save to heal to deliver so that he could then live out his new creation life yeah so that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, I can see how that's all connected. Yep. But what about like all these tools, right? Yeah. That like kind of, you know, even the tools we talk about, the Enneagram, Berkman, the mm-hmm. Myers-Briggs, all these things that seem to be just like all about ourselves and telling us who we are when we should be looking to Jesus to tell us who we are. Good question, Amy. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I was like, I didn't say this anything is so about it. This is so good. Well, you know, it's all in how those tools are used again, because they can be used redemptively and they must be a tool, not a box that we put people in. Mm. But like when I did my Berkman thing, or I haven't done a lot around the Enneagram, but I have friends who love it. It's like, how did God create you and how has the enemy corrupted it? And that's super helpful for me. Sometimes the most helpful part of any of those tools for me has been recognizing the dark side. Because that's where I need to invite Jesus to have mm-hmm. an encounter with me. Okay, so the dark side of, let's say, the teaching gift. Nobody will be shocked if I own the teaching <gasps> gift. <laughs> what? The dark side is you think you know it all, and you, like, fire hose information when people need comfort or never done that before. empathy. or <laughs> Right? And so by having taken one of these tests where I can see I'm not, like, self-obsessing, I'm learning how I can love people better, yeah. which is following Jesus. mm a That's lot a good of point. this stuff is about following Jesus well, and sometimes we just don't know how to do it or don't know why it's not working for us. Yep. And I mean, I'll switch tracks and just give my own little You're example. Being the devil now? I am right now. <laughs> but it's the same, right? I, mm-hmm. For me, Berkman, uh, one of the whatever personality things, although mm-hmm. my dad would insist it's not a personality test, but whatever. Regardless, it's in the same box. One of the things, it was really that, how do I show up in a way that I can relate and love people better? Because mm-hmm. one of the things was like, man, you, when you speak, Amy, you speak in a way that conveys a high level of authority. So people think the decision's already been done, your mind's made up, this is the way it's going. Yeah. When you, when I might be 
putting forward an idea that I don't hold to. It's just an idea. But the way I you communicate, devil's advocating, right? The way I communicate, yeah. people assume, oh, okay, the decision's already done. She doesn't want any input. Okay, it's decided. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm making all these decisions. Sure, good. Everyone's in agreement. When yeah. they didn't know that there was a spot for them to That's input. Right. And so to know that is super important because now I can tailor my message in a way that allows for greater communication. It's true. And it's been so fun watching you because yep. I just think you're awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. But watching you go, oh, I can love people better by modifying my typical comfort approach because mm-hmm. let's face it on the inside we all think our approach is the best mm-hmm. and I mean you and I are really opposite personalities in some ways and so we could both argue well my approach gets things done and it's mm-hmm. awesome and whatever but we've both changed by hanging out and watching the effectiveness of the other person mm-hmm. so that has all been about growing in learning how to love well which is following Jesus yep and that some of those tools are so good for teams because when you understand people on your team better, you love them better. Mm. I can cherish and celebrate the differences. Is it that eight on the Enneagram that comes across really strong? Yeah. Nine, eight? Eight. I, I mean, when people tell me I'm an eight, I'm like, oh, okay, so you don't hate me. <laughs> so all the eight listeners are going, what? No, mm. yes, really. That like strong, powerful, passionate yeah. approach can sometimes just make me feel like shriveling up. Except that I've learned I'm not allowed to shrivel up because I have to show up because Jesus Mm -hmm. loves me. (laughs) So, I mean, wouldn't all these things just be accomplished if we just looked at what Jesus did in the scriptures and just aimed to be like him? Sure. Except that I put my filter on everything Jesus did and Jesus starts looking a lot like me. (gasps) Boom! Mic drop! (laughs) Such a good answer! All of these tools have the, the dual... Thing for me. One is a delight in, God made me this way. Look at these strengths. I need to show up and own them. Mm. And they've been the most helpful, impersonal feedback on, this is where you really need to grow. Yeah, that impersonal feedback, right? <laughs> I, I mean, for me... <laughs> Is, it sounds so different when your husband points it I out know, that when the tool exactly. is like... Exactly. It provides a way to receive feedback that, for some personalities, is a little less threatening. Yeah. And the reality is, is all these tools have been developed, many of them actually by believers, which I find delightful, by people who have examined the soul, which was created by God. Our personalities were created by God. It's not something other than separate, secular. Mm -hmm. Your body was made by God. Your soul was made by God. Your spirit was made by God. I I need to understand how my body works. Then I have really better digestive processes, and I work out, and I know how to stretch that pain out of my back. And we never think, well... How dare you not deny yourself and take up your cross by going to the gym? Well, some people do. I've heard them say it. Bless their hearts. That's a really good point. In the same way that we take care of our bodies, we need to be taking care of our souls and spirits. because that's where people encounter us. And God made us. And actually, all the tools that we use, we have scriptures to back them all up. Mm -hmm. You know, for some people, and I get it where they're coming from, because they were raised to think this is self-centered and not spiritual. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, and then they see the people that have taken these things and kind of gotten maybe a little narcissistic in them. Right? So it's the whole, like, oh, look at what this could lead to. Therefore, I'm getting nowhere near any of it. Ditches. Yep, ditches. Either way. And there's people who have thrown some of this at me because, you know what? They don't actually want to pull back the bandage and look what's there. Oh, yeah. I just want to be like Jesus, which Mm -hmm. is, like, nice. And do I want to... You're not being like Jesus. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) 
Yeah, so one King James verse that people love to throw around around this is scripture says, remember not the former things. It's in Isaiah 43 in a King mm. James translation. Clearly that says we should not look at anything in our past That's because right. it says yep. exactly that. It's in the past. God said, don't think about it. Well, actually, if you read the context, it's like... <gasps> no, wait a minute. <laughs> Reading a biblical yes, context, maybe. not just taking that one verse. See, this is where you and I are on the same page. You're trying really hard yeah. to be the devil's advocate. I know. Read the context, people. It's like recounting something God did in the past. And God isn't saying, forget about what I did in the past. He's like, you've seen nothing yet. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even think about that compared to what I'm about to do, mm. which I would say applies to our stories. Yep. And, you know... It would be silly to say, don't ever remember the past when Revelation says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You have no testimony if you can't ever remember what happened in the past because God also did stuff in the past. So it's just an argument full of a lot of holes. Mm -hmm. So we're scrapping that one. Here's another way I find to be helpful. So if you think, okay, why should I do soul care? Why should I do all these steps that you've done? What if I call it sanctification? Hmm break that down just in case there's people Mm -hmm. that are like that sounds like one of those words people throw around to mean something it's one of those theology words and it's a good word sanctification is being set apart for god and being made holy Mm. and so there are people who would be like so anti this soul care personality stuff that would be well acquainted with the word sanctification because it's scriptural and holy well a lot of this stuff is about sanctification about purification about being cleansed so when i forgive someone which is a huge part of this healthy soul care thing, I'm actually being obedient to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm not, that's actually denying myself. This whole deny yourself, take up the cross. Man, try forgiving someone that you just want to put the screws to. Yeah. You are actually denying yourself, taking up your cross as you process these painful things from your past mm-hmm. that lead you to a healthier, holier, holier future. <gasps> That was a corny. I okay. This this just made me laugh. I was listening to uh, an announcement, and someone was like, "Oh, holy human!" And I was like, "Oh, by a celebrity," and it was a podcast. And I was like, an advertisement. I was like, "Oh, that sounds really interesting." And then as she's just describing all the stuff, I'm like, "This sounds really weird." It took me listening to the ad like four <laughs> times, right on Spotify, Amy? to realize it wasn't H O L Y human. It was W H O L L Y, like holy human. And I was like. That makes so much more sense. We never bring a bias to things. I mean, clearly, we recognize what world I live in. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. That's awesome. But yeah, so sanctification is like being set apart, being made holy, which, I mean, if we're going to draw that out, being made holy, being without sin, who was without sin? Jesus was becoming more like Jesus. Yep. And all things being made new. We're in a process Mm -hmm. of things being made new, and some of the tools that we can use... We just have to keep it so in perspective Yeah, that this isn't all about us. Mm-hmm. This is about, as I got heal- healed, <laughs> my tenses here, <laughs> as I get healthier and my soul became stronger and healed, more healed, I was able to just like burst out into the very things that God had yeah. called me and created me to do. And I was being held back by that's a really stuff. Yeah, that's a really good point because, right, all this soul care, inner healing, it's it can be easy to be like, okay, it's all about us. What's the point of this? We're supposed to be serving others. We're supposed to be other focused. And this is just like about us. Yep. And the truth is we do 
I can't deny that I've seen people just go down into a hole of wallowing in absolute narcissism. Gross. Mm -hmm. Not supposed to. But on the other hand, Amy, I couldn't serve people out of a broken vessel. Mm -hmm. I couldn't hold enough of anything in to ever be any good to anybody else. I mean, I could show up and do grunt work, but often with a really bad attitude and, and not okay, because I had so much stuff going on in my back burner that wasn't addressed. Yeah. So we cannot love and serve well out of empty, broken vessels. Jesus didn't. He's, it was 30 years of, I'm sure that he served his mom and he served his community, but he was in obscurity for 30 years preparing for this ministry. Mm-hmm. And even during his ministry time, there were always people around him who were hungry and needing healing, and he would still tuck away. Was that selfishness? Mm. Yep. Jesus was being selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but he no. was but he was going away to pray, mm-hmm. which is no different. Netflix in the which garden. is uh, but right, like the argument can be made, like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it says, right, Jesus went went away to pray. Yep. So why shouldn't we just be going away and praying? Well, you shouldn't not be going away and praying. I have mm-hmm. to break this down, right? Because there's a lot of people that are like, I need to take care of myself and eight hours of Netflix and eight later, they're still an empty vessel. Mm. They may not be as physically tired, but they are not refreshed. So yeah. it's okay to go do stuff for fun. The reality is the vernacular language around Jesus hanging out with his disciples sometimes, they were kicking back and having a good time. Mm. I mean, he was still spewing wisdom because he opened his mouth and wisdom came out. But he was also teasing them and poking at them. And they were chilling by the lake, mm-hmm. right? They weren't saving the world. Yeah. So did I answer your question? Basically, it was just like, man, it, it says we're supposed to go away and yeah. pray. Jesus yeah, went should. away and pray. You should. So, yeah. Basically. Yep. And sometimes people have a martyrdom complex. Okay. So it's like how, there's no time for me. There's no time for me. I just have to serve everyone else. And that's actually just another kind of brokenness. That's not actually holy. It's another ditch. Mm-hmm. It's a ditch of like... Yeah. Yeah. A few months ago, I met with a lady doing some ministry and uh, (laughs) she, some of her pain that was so genuine was, you know, everybody just expects me to serve them all the time and I serve everybody and I don't ever have time to take care of myself. And it was just one of those interesting conversations to break down because A, you have to take care of yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. You must. It's your job to say no. Especially sometimes what people are asking us of, they're just, it's all this ugly codependency. Yeah. So you're, there was just this martyrdom thing. And then at the, kind of worked our way through the conversation. I was like, is acts of service your love language? And she's like, yes. And I think, so you do want to serve people, but you feel like a victim of everyone else's requests. And it was like, oh, boom. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes the enemy's just corrupting something that's really good. Yeah just corrupting something the reality is if you didn't feel sorry for yourself and you weren't still in bitterness against your mom your sister your husband whatever cleared all that stuff away she left wanting to serve people because it's her gift Mm. so the corruption was just the bitterness attached around it she would never have cleared that up now she's doing so much more vibrant service and loving every minute of it and releasing joy everywhere she's going because she peeled away the layers of bitterness and crap Mm. So it's kind of like we, a little bit like when we talked in the to obey or not to obey episode is like, if we're doing things, but what's happening in the spiritual realm mm. is, is not of Jesus, mm-hmm. then actually what we're doing is not achieving what we think it's doing. Exactly. So it's like, I'm still serving, but if we're doing it out of like bitterness and victim, we're not spreading the kingdom of Jesus. Not at all. We're actually spreading yuck. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So, yeah, by all means, stack the chairs. Stack them with a good attitude. Stack them with a bad attitude. I don't care. But the reality is you do stuff out of a heart full of love that's holding love because you've been healed. You're going to change the world when you're stacking the chairs, not just merely stacking the chairs. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. So you've done a really good job, Amy, of trying to be the devil's advocate. I know. I keep jumping on board with you, though. It's kind of like... <laughs> because we are persuaded <laughs> yeah. that allowing Jesus to muck around in our brokenness and pain, which is actually super uncomfortable. Oh, goodness. This is like taking up your cross when you allow him to convict you, when you follow through in obedience of making amends and forgiving people. It just really absolutely catapults you. Yes. And I mean, thinking about it now, this is my story. Mm. Like I never rebelled against Jesus. I didn't, I faithfully served him. I behavior modified. You were really boring. I was boring. Right. And my impact for Jesus was minimal. Yeah. But it really was, right? Uh, Letting Jesus look at the muck, letting him clean it out, let us doing all this stuff together. Yeah. The end result is, am I still following Jesus? Yes. But you're doing it dangerously and you're making a big impact. Exactly. Yeah. Nice can be innocuous. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just big fans of people allowing Jesus to get into the muck of the stuff that limits and inhibits everything that he designed to be in us because he created us to be really dynamic and powerful and impactful, not limited by the brokenness of our past, by vows, secrets, and shame. So we encourage our listeners, let Jesus do what he wants to do because it's going to catapult you further up and further in. (music) 